Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, sorry for the absence last week. We had a little bit of a break. We nearly had a break this week, but Rocket and I just could not keep ourselves apart from each other. The draw, the allure to talk to each other about golf, we're actually not sure what we're going to talk about, but that allure is still great, and that uh, that's a wonderful thing. I have got the Rocket Man there. Let's get him in. I just realised that's probably not the most professional or positive way to start a uh, golf podcast saying, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Of course we know what we're going to talk about. We've planned it. We've shared some notes and uh, we've even had a little bit of a pre-chat. Of course we know what we're going to talk about. Uh, But first and foremost, uh, it's been a few weeks that we've been without the the rocket man. How are you? There we go. Hey, hey, there it is. Uh, There it is. That's a a smile we like to see uh, when Rocket hears that music. (laughs) Uh, how are you, mate? You well? I, I am very, very good. And yes, it has been a while since I've I've been on. Um, I think what's it? Nearly four weeks, five weeks. Well, I lost count. But Karidi, Karidi, Captain Karidi has gone down. He's uh, kept the ship running, and and you're back. So we're just slotting you in. It's that end of season, you know. We're just trying to get the prime team together. Uh, we'll, I think we'll be back next week. Uh, actually, next week. Um, we'll talk about it next week in a minute. Um. So you've recovered from the chest infection. You've had a little bit of a break. You've taken the uh, the triplets and uh, the lovely Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Rocket away for a holiday. Everything's back on track. As everything is back on track as best as it can be. So yeah. So it was like I think the week before I went overseas. I think I pulled the pin the night before because I was pretty busy. I had a couple of late nights and then. Obviously, I was in the US, and then I come back with a throat, which throat infection, which turned into a um, chest infection. And maybe thinking about that, you know, the uh, the, the beautiful people, caddy snacks. Maybe if I had uh, one of the apple and cinnamon, or um, you know, oh. if people watching on YouTube, maybe they can have a look at this caddy snacks. They've sent me sent me a hoodie. It's fantastic. Maybe maybe if I had the apple and cinnamon or the mocha, you know, on the plane, it could have protected me from whatever lurgy that I came back with. Because yeah, the che- the throat infection turned into a chest infection, which knocked me out the week I came back, and then uh, and then we j- we had a holiday just up on the Sunshine Coast. Grabbed, pulled the caravan back out, went for a bit of a bit of a drive up the uh, Sunshine Coast, and spent some good time there with some friends. And back this week, uh, you got the new age caravan out. Yeah, the new yeah. age. Uh, the new age is a. Um... Uh, a Walkinshaw sports uh, conglomerate of companies uh, product, and uh, I'm mm-hmm, actually going. Mm-hmm. On, I am actually going on a project, uh, which is partly um, to do with the Walkinshaw people. Now, Walkinshaw uh, support the wonderful organisation Empower Golf. Now, Empower Golf, uh, the group of gentlemen who are really doing their bit to put uh, all abilities golf for all people on the map for all people with you know all abilities that that is um and the walkinshaw people the air adventure people uh who you know we love um are really putting uh, a trip on next week to cape wickham and also to um, ocean dunes and to barn Boogle. so departing next monday uh james gribble and no, no, James is a paraplegic, and he plays his golf in a um, para, one of those para buggies. Uh, there is a, a more appropriate name for it, which I, I will familiarise myself with. And Ben Tulipan. Now, Ben Tulipan was one of Australia's most gravely injured people in the Bali bombings 20 years ago. It's coming up for the anniversary. Now, um, James um, plays golf uh, with... Uh, prosthetic legs so we are going down to cape wickham uh king island and Barnboogle next week just to uh, we're going to put the uh the para uh glider on the uh on the plane and send it down there and i'm going down there to take some photos fly the drone and play some golf and hang out with some great people um and just to help them document that and uh i you know have to thank um air adventure and johnny parrot for putting it together and, and thinking of me as someone that might 
be interested to help and certainly interested in giving up the time to do it and really, really looking forward to it. So that might um, that might change that, the dynamic of next week's podcast. We'll work that work that out, but I'm sure there'll be something next week. That's that's not the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That was the four degrees of the New Age Caravan. Ah, correct. <laughs> I, can, I can pull them in from everywhere. New Age Caravan, <laughs> Walkinshaw, Walkinshaw into next week's episode. Uh, yeah, and but um, but to get uh, to get the the um, James's uh, vehicle down there, it's got to go under the Sharp Airlines uh, commercial plane, not the Pilatus PC12, which is just non-stop back and forth to My, um, Mike's favourite plane. Mike's favourite Pilatus PC12. Um, Johnny Dyer is going down. We'll catch up with Johnny Dyer, so I'm looking forward to seeing John. He loves a bloke or a dog called Ross, so Johnny Dyer and I get on well. He thinks that if you're called Ross, you're a good bloke. He he thinks that highly of Ross goes, he called his dog Ross. So um, so I've Johnny and I have always uh, struck a chord. And we're catching up with Ross Parrott. I think Rossi, Rossi Parrott's going down with John, so it's going to be interesting to see and catch up with Ross Parrott, obviously one of Australia's great golf architects. Um, also, you know, uh, Ross had a stroke. He's had a couple of strokes and now, you know, basically is left with um, painting with his left hand. So as a golf architect of note, you know, he has that ability to see and draw, always had that ability. Now he's had to relearn how to do that left-handed and also play golf left-handed. So I'm really keen to catch up with uh, Ross. Not that I know Ross that well, but I know Johnny's son very well. He's an absolute legend of uh, the industry. Uh, that's my next week. So that might change the format or the dynamic of next week's podcast, but can't wait to hang out with those guys and just, you know, be part of something great for, you know, all abilities golfers, not only in Australia, but around the world. Um, yeah, good stuff. Rocket's been a busy couple of weeks in golf, sort of in that sort of away season. We didn't do a podcast in the lead up to um, the President's Cup. No. And on reflection, it's interesting. It's interesting, and that's what we should talk about. It's, I think it's a reflection of how we were sort of feeling, our own energy levels going into the President's Cup. Or, bit low. or lack of energy levels. And, you know, we've sort of now we watched most of the President's Cup. I didn't watch it all. I watched more so that um, the third round, um, that day where it started to fling back in the international's favour, and I watched the end of the final round. And... Um, yeah, it's interesting to f- see how I feel about the President's Cup now. I don't know about you. What, what, where, where was your energy level coming in, and you know, what was your sort of summation at a high level over the weekend? Um, so I only got to watch sort of bits of the highlights all the way through. So I still had interest, and in, you know, still wanting the internationals to put in a good showing. You know, there's probably still a few players that, again, they sometimes there's always those cup. I don't think they've quite nailed the selections. Again, you know, I think there's a bit of, uh, I don't know, a little bit of thumb on the scale, so to speak, from the PGA Tour somewhere else to who gets selected because I think there's a couple of players and even one that I didn't think was going to get selected. No, I said because he was inconsistent, but I think he would have been a better fit for some of the ones, especially um, some of the South Africans and Canadians because they didn't equip themselves very well. And, you know, like Lucas Herbert, on reflection, really should have been in there. And there's a few other players that were probably um, really probably unlucky to to have been left out. And, you know, in the end it was, you know, 17 and a half to 12 and a half, but it doesn't take much to sort of tilt it the other way. And, you know, the internationals unfortunately always sort of seem to lose it in the it's either on day one or it's in that middle section and there's always a comeback on the singles they just can't quite nail the fo- the the foursomes and the four ball formats it seems like they're just sort of just throwing together hoping rather than actually trying to find the right people yeah so and then so, so, so as a whole i thought it was really good mm. and my boy max even though he's for the year there's two two things that i really enjoyed about the week is seeing a lot of the stuff from max because everyone knows by max love well, so the fact that he went four and zero, I think, for the week was massive. On his um, debut in that format of golf. So he's a rookie um, in that space. Yeah. And he performed really well. And um, and you can see how much it meant to him as well. And I think there was a little bit of, you know, there's lots of, call it media or parts of the media saying he wouldn't have been in the team if some of the live people were, were available, which 
I think it's rubbish, but he used it as fuel, which is great. And he, like, he stood out. So, you know, if he continues on the current path that he's on, like 2023 Ryder Cup is is really in his wheelhouse. So, you know, he, he performed really well. And then the second one, even though his results didn't completely stand out, but just as a performance and also the man that's just about to, that's, that's jumped on his bag in the interim, hopefully for the long term, but, um, and the man, we'll call it probably Mike. Mike identified this one as uh, Mr. Tom Kim, um, South the South Korean American. It's like he's <laughs> who spent he doesn't sound like South Korean at all. Who spent time in Australia at school? As, yes, as, yes, that's right. That Forgot yeah. about that as well. Um, and then yeah, so it was his first week with um, with uh, with the Scov on the bag. So people that don't know, Joe Scover and Ricky Fowler's former caddy is on the bag of um, Tom Kim, and. I think he's on the bag as a trial at least to the end of the year. Um, and fingers crossed everything goes really well because I think um, having someone like Joe on the bag for Tom Kim could be a, a real difference maker. We've seen it with a few others in terms of having getting more experienced caddies on the bag. And what people need to remember is Mr. Mr. Kim is only 20. Hmm. He and uh, and and really barely scratching the surface. So he 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 I'm looking forward to 2023 with Tom Kim on the on the PGA Tour because I think he's going to do some serious damage. When you talk about Skov and he in the partnership and the caddy um, player partnership being a trial, is Skov trialing Tom Kim or is Tom Kim trialing Skov? Oh, I did, I'm assuming it'll be a bit of both, right? right. Because when you think about it, it's a partnership and a bit of a marriage mm. and you spend a lot of time together and it's like, are you able to um, get on with each other? But at the same time, can can the caddy have a frank and honest conversation with the player about a shot and the player be able to accept that and either take it on board and trust or say, uh, I appreciate that and I'm going to reject it and I'm just going to execute what I'm doing and whether or not, and regardless of the out, the the result of the shot, be able to take responsibility of a shot and not place it on the said caddy. So really it's just, it's going to be, does their relationship work over the next eight to 10 weeks? Just to backtrack on a few of the points that came through in that discussion, you know, we talked, started talking about some of the selections and maybe, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's easy for us to pull apart hindsight and, yep. you know, the Canadian guys and the South African guys not really doing maybe as much. Um, would that have that uh, more Aussie connection and maybe the Foxy connection that we we were touting for weeks, and I thought that that would have been a, a walk in. You know, would that definitely I think would have been a stronger f- force. You know, with the Aussies and the Korean connection, it was clear that the Korean sort of lock, you know, did bond and bind in that team, and really did provide a good sort of system and atmosphere. I think having like a Herbie and a Foxy in there in that sort of Australian connection with Cam Davis and um, and Adam would have been a, a real force. Well, well. Yeah, I think Ryan Fox, I think, was um, unfortunate to miss out because he's, his form in, in 2022 has been really, really good. But, the, but you know, if I was to identify two players in particular um, and for particular reasons, so um, Christian Bezuidenhout, um, he was selected. But the thing is, though, he's a great putter, but he's on a bomber's course. So was it the right venue to be selecting him? Like, you know, th- th- yeah. there are play- people that can not be long and, and real good putters. Um, but the thing is, I do have other things in your, in your game that make you a top 20 player in the world. And he's not a top 20 player in the world. And then you go, the f- you go flip it completely the other way. You've got Corey Connors, who's a really good player, but he can't putt. And when you're playing match play, like you need someone to be able to hold putts. Hmm. It doesn't matter how good a ball striker you are, it's completely irrelevant if you can't hold putts. And 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 that showed through with um I think even Colin. Colin didn't perform great. He might have hit the ball okay, but he didn't putt very well. And you see someone like Max, and Max has improved his putting, plus all the other bits and pieces. So, you know, there's there's little things that that captains need to think about when they put people into these tournaments because Corey Connors can he might play well for 72 holes and have a couple of streaky days, but the thing is, though, match play, it's like you need to be on from the first hole onwards. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and the other part there, you know, that Homer and Tom Kim, you know, Max being uh, the debutant in uh, President's Cup, you know, winning four and zip, you know, he what a match. Yeah, he loved it. Um, he loved that last match with Tom Kim. I I heard that he he wanted Tom Kim, you know, like Tom Kim had stood up on the other team, you know, and sort of presented as you know the energy level, the the, the player in yep. form, and he wanted him. Uh, he got the match, and you know, I think. Um, Max didn't play that well in the front nine, but when it came down to the crunch, he just had that little bit of uh, skill and experience maybe over Tom. But his, his back nine was blazing. Yeah. Um, but to see Tom Kim sort of stand up and sort of present himself as a future star and someone with personality, we talk about what does the PGA Tour need, what does world golf need. It needs a bit of that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Mike um, brought him to our attention uh, not only just as a player, but obviously through the uh, the one and dones and and the the data lake, but you know it, it it's great to have players like this. Because you, you think about, you know, we're probably digressing a little bit here, but Presidents Cup need need people like this. They need to create a little bit of contest and a buzz. Forget about the end result, but are there matches where people are like, you know, you kind of drag the eyeballs to the TV. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a shame and hopefully don't know. Oh, I don't even know where the next one is. Isn't that in South Africa? The next president's cup, Canada. I think, oh, really? Pretty sure yeah. it's in Canada. Um, yeah. Uh, just looking at the U S you know, interesting. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was reported, but it was like they were, the Americans were playing with their buddies. You know, it was like a buddies boys trip weekend type thing. You know, Justin and Jordan playing all the time. Now, of course, they're a formidable force and they're great mates. So, you know, why not? But, um, you know, the other one that sort of copped a little bit coming in, you know, like your questionable pick was Tony. And uh, and Tony stood up, performed pretty well maybe when he got Tony's picked. a good match player. Yeah. And he always has been. He, so yeah. him, him being a questionable pick I think is – um. I think it's a bit harsh. Well, he performed well with Max. He missed out with um, with uh, Kiz and, uh, yeah, and then got it done in the single. So, you know, three out of four for him was pretty good. Um, you know, all of that aside, you know, Adam, Cam Davis, you know, I think it felt like when they got that win on day three and got it back to 7-11 and things looked much obviously better than they did the morning in 4-10, um, How good was that part? It was great. Yeah, the the it was a great match. Does it take the energy? Does it was that the did the energy go out of the team then? Did they was that their moment? Did did it sort of die off for them a little bit? Was it going to be hard for them to come back after that? I don't know. No, nah, not really. It's no. like it's it's one of the things that when you think you know um, that afternoon, it's clawing it back. It's making it so there's still a little bit of a glimmer of hope, and it's not completely a, a, a whitewash in in the singles. And and all you needed was some better performances in the in the singles. And if you look at it, you know most of the matches were actually quite close. So there were no no um, ass whoopings. The, I get- the biggest one was actually Jordan Spieth versus Cam Davis, which well, that- I'm. I'm not so surprised because Jordan Spieth, when it comes to this stuff, like oh, he, he's brilliant. But but that's probably why I say that. You know, like Cam got beat four and three. Now that you know, the day before they were on fire. They had that, all of that energy and emotion going, and, and great quality play, but including Adam. Adam gets beat three and two by Patrick Cantlay. So, you know, had those two matches had that sort of form continued on and that been a bit closer, maybe one of those gone the other way, especially early doors. You know, because there's always that critical time in these matches where. You know, there's a bit of a delta between when it's somewhat close. You know, if something goes the wrong way or the right way, it can really flip really quickly. Anyway, um, hindsight's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Look, anyone playing Jordan Spieth in a singles match for the US, like, I don't really – they're not – they're a long shot to win that match because Spieth is like a different animal when it comes to this sort of stuff. So him – so Cam Davis playing Jordan Spieth, Cam would have had to have played out of his skin to to beat Jordan because uh, Jordan goes to another level with this sort of stuff. Um, the ones I was disappointed with is, is still some of the others that really didn't produce a lot of results for the week. It's like Pendrith and Connors and 
Bazor, oh, Bazor now did win his singles match against Kiz, but even Mito was was a bit uh, not not what you would expect. Mm. So so it wasn't it wasn't a balance. There was there were certain players that probably carried the bulk of the load for the internationals again, unfortunately, and it wasn't a good spread of you know people. You only because if you look at the US, you have one or two people that just basically are winning everything. But then you've got a pretty good even spread across the board, and only a couple that are just, you know, not having a good week. Where unfortunately across the internationals, and you know, too often we see that we've got four or five that are just completely off, mm. and, and that and that that puts so much pressure on everyone else. So I guess it leads to the question, which you know, I'm not talking anything new, but you know, what is president's cup these days you know there's always this chatter about is it relevant anymore especially in the in the live golf economy with some of the best players in the world that would have some, probably been in those teams not being able to play you know what is what is the future of it is it still relevant you know how do we feel about that after watching this event on the weekend i actually still think it's relevant i think on the international side i think they need to be a little bit smarter and sharper about who they pick and stop trying to um, placate certain players and things like that. I think they need to make some a bit be a bit more brutal with their decision making, um, because the US can probably do some of that. But at the same time, this they still don't muck around with their selections. Mm. So I think you know someone like Corey Connors, he might be top, he might be in the top fifty in the world. Because really, they do a lot of picking off the rankings and then select outside of that. But I think they need to look at at him unless he's a a dead set, you know, picked in those first six and automatic selection. Someone like him probably shouldn't even play in Canada because, again, coming down to a, you need someone that doesn't have too many flaws in their game because it's match play, right? This is head to head stuff, and you know, you can't carry people that have obvious clear flaws hmm. uh, the other other discussion around the future of pres cup was uh, should it be you know a men and women field should there be a mixed um, president's cup um, tournament oh I know it's been talked a lot and it has merit um, it could be something definitely interesting a lot of arguments around it would level out the internationals because from, from the women's perspective, the internationals actually have a pretty strong, mm. um, pretty strong women field. So if you go top six men, top six women, we, we probably actually, we might win a few. Um, so that has merit, but I actually think over the next, I actually think over the next four, over the next five years, I reckon the international side of it, especially from Asia perspective and some of the other countries, I think the international team is going to get stronger. So the, if, if you think about it, really the only, the main ones that we were missing is Neiman mm-hmm. and and um, and Cam. Mm-hmm. A couple of strong inclusions. Yeah. I know Leash wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I remember Leash from the last President's Cup and he was, he's been quite irrelevant. For, for a while, mm-hmm. um, um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Oh, um, Abraham Prancer, little tiny dancer, Abraham Answer, who, who was good in the President's Cup at, at Royal Melbourne mm-hmm. and makes it easier for him to play around a course like that because it's firm and fast. I, I reckon if he was at Quail Hollow, he might have got a few things handed to him on him. So I, I, I don't know. I actually think the international team might get better over the next five years, because especially if you look at some of the um, some of the Koreans that are coming through, mm-hmm. like there are more really good ones coming through. Um, you know, one that um, if he hits form at the right time, is back on the PGA Tour again. You got Ben Ahn as well. Yes, we've got Sung Jm, KH Lee, um, Siwoo, Tom Kim. Like that's five. What's that five? And there's a couple of the young Japanese players that are coming through. As well, so you got the world number one um, Japanese player, who's I don't think he's turned professional yet. So there's a there's a there's there's some international players that are coming through that could be real 
real heavy hitters in it in the next few years. So and and maybe if we have another couple of Australians or some other countries coming through, I think we might actually have a pretty good um, team on our hands. So but I understand the mixed. I understand the mixed well, argument, but I think the international team might get stronger. So here's another theory uh, that plays around in my mind. Well, there won't be, but should there ever be a time when they consider triangulating it? America, international, Europe. So you can have, you know, so like the old the old World Series, Benson and Hedges. <laughs> what, you know, the tri the tri series of the sort of have it in some other sports, you know, like there's there's variations of European Cups, World Cups and that sort of thing. And and you know, I just think it doesn't take away from the Ryder Cup. They're still playing for the Ryder Cup and they still play for the President's Cup, but add in another cup, triangulate it, make it some sort of series. Um, maybe I know the big events and as standout events that you sell corporate sponsorships to and have lots of people to, they're massive and I get that and that's what happens when you have them, you know, spread apart and that sort of thing. But do you do it more often? You know, being that we love this format of golf, being that we want people to want to want to play to it, we want to them to represent their regions and their countries. If it's if it's triangulated and there's some format where at the end of it, two teams, two countries play off for a winner of the overall pre, overall cup, not Presidents Cup, not Ryder Cup, that forms part of it. But there's this World Cup type scenario. I don't know. That's my that's my two bobs worth. I can tell by your it point. it it has as merit. You probably wouldn't have twelve like to try and condense the format. You, it's something you could probably do every year and that one would actually be a really good mixed one and you might condense it down to it still has to have the prestige of the events that they have now it might not be on the same scale being that it's going to be a little bit more but just no but you'd also have to the other thing as well i think the venue needs to be elite yeah like you can't you can't fuck around so that could be one where it could be do you have do you have um, teams of eight, but it's four men, four women? So you, you're trying to get the elite of the elite and do that format, you know? So you might play, a, a, oh, you might have two, or oh, here we go. Here's some interesting one. So you'd have foursomes in the morning or four ball, whatever the format is, but you have two pairings, which are men, you have one all men, one all women, and then the other two are mixed well, to really jazz it up. And then you have a singles in the afternoon. So that could be, you know, US versus internationals. And then the next day it could be internationals versus Europe because the US have a – and they do that over a few days until they've each played each other twice and then whoever's got the most points plays off for the – Yep. Anyway, I just – it's – Something that popped up into my mind, you know, could you triangulate it and have it spread across the three regions and have, um, you know, have it maybe with a little bit more frequency uh, and still have the same bang with the best players in the world, albeit without the live players and, uh, you know. Well, I still think they could do something like that and it could be a decent-sized purse as well. Like I think that would be fantastic on the women's side as well, so leveling out leveling out that. I think that is an in, as a spectacle for a whole week. Um and, you know, let's say if it was in the international region, you're trying to make sure you pick pick um, great course. So let's say, if, you know, Royal Melbourne, um, if it's in, in Europe, maybe it's could be anything from, um, uh, oh, I can't remember the one in France. Montfontaine. Yep, that's it, that one. Or anything that could be... Um, on, on English shores, Ireland, wh wherever yeah, it is, right? Yeah. You pick the top ones. And then in the US, be really particular about picking a particular venue um, that is a, it's not a bomb and gouge, it's a potential potential classic kind of course. Can you recruit some of these ones as well? And 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 the thing is that even if it is one, one of those classic courses, um, limiting you know, because you go, oh, I want to get as many spectators as humanly possible and make it this mega tent. No, like if it means that you've got to limit the amount of people there, then it's made for you try and make it for a made for TV because that's really what it's all about. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what do you think, uh, listeners? Uh, do you think uh, uh, a format alteration uh, would see the President's Cup sustain the test of time? Um, right, shot right in the comments, jump in our Discord channel. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, do you think that uh, 
there is legs and merit in a triangulated Ryder Cup, President's Cup and Super World Cup type format. Anyway, be interested to see what you think. Um, you mentioned a concept there. Uh, we should talk about the summer of golf that's coming up. We're trying to get involved in that. Um, there's a sorry, actually guys. just a, just a oh, quick sorry. one. You know, we talk about the President's Cup. Yep. Um, and mentioned obviously, obviously I mentioned the Ryder Cup only because of because of Max. Um, it's interesting the the President's Cup gets bashed around because of you know, the players that are gone. But if you think about the players that have already left for live that are in Europe and also the, the challenges that Europe have with their talent pool, which I, I think is thinning out a lot, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in Europe during the Ryder Cup because that, yeah. that, that potentially could become quite irrelevant very quick. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's hope it's not because, you know, the, the Ryder Cup that's coming up at uh, Marco Simone uh, next year should be fantastic. Um, hopefully having uh, our man on the ground, Mike uh, Caridi, they're reporting mile for mile of golf at Marco Simone. Uh, straight through with the Italian, oh, Mr. Caridi, welcome back to Italy. Um, yeah, no, anyway, um, you would hate to see the Ryder Cup become relevant through the disintegration of a common tour and common approach. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Just Summer uh, of golf. Yeah, I was going to say summer of golf, but then I remembered, oh, just mopping up uh, President's Cup. Uh, it's not coming to Peninsula Kingswood uh, Rocket, as you, <laughs> as you know. When we're not getting it. <laughs> of course, Caridi was right again. Uh, I was wrong. I was very hopeful, and I think... Uh, RM? Uh, it's not announced, but there's been some mutings that it's actually KH. But... Um, I don't know. It's not interesting. Uh, so yeah, I've heard. I heard RM, and then I heard probably a little bit more firmingly uh, was KH. We'll see. Um, can't you, you honestly can't go wrong? No, even with that one either. No, no, no. no. Um, KH would be awesome. You know, um, it would be. Oh, awesome. you can go wrong. You just don't pick PK. That's that's the only way you go. Don't go. You don't. You go wrong, and then on the other the other rumor rumor hustings is you know the the live people have been out here uh, trying to shore up a course to have um, have the live event. They allegedly spoke to Peninsula Kingswood. They allegedly spoke to a number of courses in Melbourne. Allegedly, uh, the national and so on and so forth. Um, and now it's even. Uh, I think Dan Dan Andrews has said no. It doesn't want live in the state. Talking to South Australia now. Um, at the Grange, which has got a Greg Norman design connection. Well, well, I understand. I understand. I actually understand the the Dan Andrews one, and I, I think anyone who thinks who gets upset with that stance really needs to have a bit of a think about the Victorian government's um, what they've invested into the Victorian Open and its alignment. And I don't know if it's still aligned with um, the European Tour. Uh, well, it wasn't the last time it was played. Uh, it was aligned with the um, latest European tour, uh, but it wasn't aligned with the... So, so maybe they're trying to get it back, right? It's, well, and, it's, it's interesting. It's not on the... You talk about summer of golf, you go to the PGA of Australia website, it's it's not listed there. The event's not listed. Again, no, I'm not going to talk it in. I'm going to try and stay. I'm going to try and stay positive this good. time. This day. Okay, good. Because you know, you, you've seen me on my little rants about mm-hmm. how we do golf in Australia and the organisations and. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be. We're trying to be positive. We're trying to keep it. Keep uh, the Australian golf. This is Rocket says. Beat. I've got to smile more. Oh, really? Does she? <laughs> yeah, my old man says that too. Good day, Dad. How are you? I've got to have left. I've got to have less RBF. What's RBF? Resting. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that face. Right. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. No, it's interesting. Not not on the uh, summer of golf uh, calendar. Why, why you keep talking, Rocket? What were you going to say about uh, the Australian summer of golf? Well, well, I think it's going to be. Look, I'm quite excited about it because you know they're bringing a lot of the events back into line with how it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the Australian PGA back into you know, November, October, December, Australian Open as well. And also um, the Australian Open finally getting out of just being 
hold up um, in in New South Wales, which is I, I understand Golf Australia cutting deals and stuff like that with the local governments, but they again, okay, I'm gonna not get angry. Let me breathe. But Golf Australia allowing the course to be you know played other places around the country, which they need to do. They need to they need to take it on you know on and around the around the country to different courses and things like that. So um, having it played on Sandbelt again, which is fantastic because it's been a very, 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 very long time since it's been played down there. Hopefully we don't get any crazy northerlies or anything like that. It's a Victoria, isn't it? Uh, well, it's split. It's split between Victoria and Kingston Heath. It's two days and two days. Really? Yep. Wow. Victoria. Interesting format. Yep. First, the 4th of December. Let's let's just quickly run through uh, the summer of golf. Uh, it starts, kicks off in, um, well, for some of the, uh, oh, no, it's already kicked off. The Rosebud, yeah, that's, that's done. Um, sorry, I'll start again. The PJWA Championship, 13th of 6th to 16th of October. The WA Open, the 20th to 23rd. Uh, the Vic PGA, the 10th to 13th of November. And they move up to the uh, Queensland PGA at Nudgee Golf Club. 17th to 20th of November. Then we've got the uh, Australian PGA at Brisbane, 24th to 27th of November. Uh, in Rocket's backyard at Royal Queensland. Um, camping sites available. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great camping site, five minutes drive with pool. Uh, if you want a pool site, a powered pool site, you have to pay a little bit more. But if you just want the car park out the front, well, that's pretty, che- that's pretty cheap, too available. And uh, the luxury version is the uh, New Age Caravan out the front. You, you Basically, I've got dibs on that at the moment. But um, that's, that's actually not a bad idea, Rocket. Can you set the caravan up for me out the front? It's there. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Rocket. Uh, that's ticked off. It might actually work. Approved. I'll see, uh, I'll, see I'll, ma- I'll manage the campground. Uh, sorry, we joke. We digress. Uh, the uh, Australian, um, the ISPS Hander Australian Open, first the 4th of December at Vic and Kingston Heath. Uh, is it is it the women, is, uh, women on one and men on the other? Or have they? Venue. I. No, I don't want you to sound. I don't want to sound like I'm confused. I should know, but I I don't think it. I don't think that it is split across one on one and one on the other. Tournament info. Let's. Uh, yeah, no, it just doesn't say entries TV guide. Enter. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then we've got the uh, the player series, and then we've got uh, then we move up to the New South Wales Open. Um. After that, thereafter, what do we got? Let's go back to the summer of golf. We have got the um, the Murray River, so that's the one that we play in honour of Jared Lyle. We've got the TPS hosted by Jeff Ogilvie down at uh, Rosebud Country Club. Great venue and great event uh, that Jeff puts on yep. down there. Uh, the TPS in Sydney, so that's at Bonnie Doon. And then we've got the TPS Hunter Valley hosted by Jan Stevenson uh, at the Oaks, um, Cypress Lake, so my hometown up there in uh, Pecolbin. Isn't that where they used to have the old um, the tournament players? Uh, the Oaks at Cypress Lakes? I don't think so. No, they had it there last year, but um, no, not before. No, no, we talk. I'm talking the 80s. No, the, oh, the I'm thinking of remember, is it Riverside Oaks? Riverside, Riverside Oaks, which is western suburb of Sydney. Uh, and, uh, then, and then we've got the New Zealand then. New Zealand Open and the uh, New Zealand PGA over at uh, Auckland and Millbrook. Um, wouldn't it be great to go to all those events? Uh, Play Today New South Wales Open, sponsored by Play Today. Play Today is Clive Mayhew's um, business where he's got uh, it's an interesting concept. He's building NFTs. Uh, for all of the young Aussie golf talent and selling um, NFT positions. Um, and the money goes directly to support the players who are represented by the Play Today NFTs. Um, huh. That's Clive trying to do something for good young Aussie golfers. Uh, he's a great man, Clive. And uh, PJ Tour, yeah. So, no, anyway, back to the whole reason why we did that rundown. No Vic Open on there. Strange. Vic Open's usually in February. So, um, hmm. no, I wonder what happened. Interesting. Uh, and let's, the, let's the other, look the other, up 2023 Victorian Open. Um, the other thing that's not on the other event is that two-day event at uh, Cathedral, which slots in between uh, the straight after the um, Australian Open. So a two-day event at uh, Cathedral. And yeah. Wade Ormsby's playing, Ryan Fox is playing. There's a handful of good players playing up there. Um, it's in, It'll be interesting to see that. And it goes back to the small elite fields um, with – 
uh, not many spectators because that's exactly probably what you're going to have there at Cathedral. So I just found the info on the Australian Open one. So they're saying men and women will be playing in alternating groups yeah. across both courses on the first two days and then uh, Vic Golf Club for the weekend. Ah, oh, right. There you go. I, now that you mentioned that, I did remember that, but I forgot it periodically. Um, I still remember Vic Golf Club when I think it was um, – they got that Northerly. But that was the year Rich Beam – did he win it? And they, they, they had a few where they were rolling off the few – the one, two, three, four, five, six. I think it was a six green. Had the balls rolling off the green. Couldn't keep them on it. Was that the one where Mark Allen walked off? Or I'm not sure if he walked off, but he he would like. I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, think, I think that was Vic uh, many years ago. Uh, but Vic, what a great course! Um, can't wait to get down there. Well, also it'll be there. It'll be interesting because remember um, our OCM friends did the renovation there, and also they've. They redid all the greens with um, pure distinction, the same stuff that we have at PK. Oh, and reshaped the greens. The greens are magnificent. It it really is a quality quality golf course, you know, and it sits in a very close echelon with, I think Kingston Heath, and many people would disagree, but uh, they'd probably if I said. I think it's much closer these days to um, Kingston Heath and Royal Melbourne. Some people might slap me, but uh, I think it's right up there these days. It's, oh, there's only a couple holes that are weak. Well, they, and they all have a couple of those. Um, anyway. Every course has some of them, but yeah, and you could quite easily go the first and 18th would be the two, call it weakest holes. Everything else is. It's a true test of, of, of golf in your ball. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, a couple of golf architecture experts talk about Australian golf, you can listen to the Australian Golf Passport podcast uh, with a friend of the podcast, Matt Mollica. I'll be interested to see what Matty Mollica says about uh, Victoria. Uh, it was and also Victoria was 2002. Stevie Allen won because they 54 hold at Rich Beam came second. I remember the Rich Beam one because I think he putted off the 14th green. Yeah, okay. Rich Beam. And went and because that remember that's the little par four, par three. And so, um, and there's that big slope at the front. I yeah. think he had a putt near the back and he's just sort of brushed the hole and it kept going, going, kept going, and went off the green and kept going down the hill. Down the hill, down yeah. the hill. <laughs> well, it wasn't his putt that was a problem in that shot. It was the first shot that he shouldn't have been up the back there. That green is different. Uh, that green's different now. Um, yeah. But, oh, all of them would be yeah. completely different now. Uh, anyway, that's the summer of golf. Uh, well, what else are we talking about? The summer of golf. There's a couple of things uh, still to. Well, I think that the you know we've got um, Cam Smith's coming back for the PGA yep. and the Open. Herbie. Leash is coming back. Herbie. Um, I think just those guys, those guys, that sounded so boganish. So, those gentlemen um, coming back, I think is going to be a nice little boon, especially for Cameron Smith because, you know, he's open champion, Queensland boy, and, you know, I don't know what his rank is now. It'll be still like third or something like that. But it's going to be good to see him back. And I reckon him coming back for the first time in a while, uh, it's going to be a massive turnout. I reckon no. the, the the crowds will be very thick, I think, seeing all those boys coming back. No, I think uh, the Queenslanders and Australians will get behind uh, that event and turn that in, in hopefully droves. Um, probably- yeah, well, the only thing that would make that even better is if even Adam Scott decided to mm. turn up. Yep. Uh, they'll, be, they'll have to put another party hole on. They had, well, they had a party hole at the PGA last year at RQ. They might have to put two party holes on. Just, yeah. yeah they've, got to, they've got to do something to please the, uh, the live crowd and the live players, right? So, And, and, as, and as long as the weather is in good – is good and also November, it's not too bad. So then it doesn't – not going to get the full, full-blown humidity that you would – that um, and uh, – Humidity and we'll call it monsoonal rain that occurs in, in January. So I think November is a far, far better date for it than RQ. Well, uh, 
will be staying potentially in the mobile podcast studio at on Rocket's lawn. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Rocket can chauffeur us down there and back every day. Uh, no problems in the. Um, is she still driving a BMW? Because they are the spon- new, yes. spon- new sponsors of. Uh, Australian golf, so we'll be to be driving straight through, dropped off at the front players' game. That's what that's what I'm used to, Rocket. So, um, you know, do we need to try and get some media passes? <laughs> well, uh, we've got to be called media first. I'm not sure if this is actually media, but uh, are we in new media? You think about all the other ones, right? So, you know, fried egg and no laying up. They they're getting themselves, you know, shielded into events as as media. I'm pretty sure, you know, we commentate on golf we have a platform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have a website we talk about events and players mm-hmm. we're about promoting the event i'm pretty sure that we could be classified as media i wonder if uh andy johnson had sent us his um you know weekly run sheet and the prep and the notes that they put together for uh the fried egg i wonder if uh dj pie would send us their their notes from the kill house <laughs> so we can compare them if with our notes and just see see if we are actually media what you mean they're written pieces of paper and our blank ones yeah <laughs> Exactly. Just a link, you know, like just trying to look up that those guys are legitimate media. Um, anyway, Rocket, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, got to get there first. Hey, uh, there's another reasonable sized event on that. Uh, you know, it used to be much bigger, this event. Um, it was, I think, played at a different time of the year, but the. Um, Alfred- I think it was always played now, but it's. But the thing is, though, once you. Once, you know. Hang on, let me breathe. Talking about the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship, which is played across uh, three uh, courses: the old course at St Andrews, uh, Carnoustie, and Kings Barns. Fantastic golf courses within a stone's throw of each other. It is unbelievable golf. You know St Andrews because you've seen it just recently. Uh, if you want to watch, and it's and it's different when it's this time of the year yeah. too, because it is quite green. Yep. Plays completely different. Yep. Um, and it's still not a bomb and gouge, so to speak. It can really tr- you know, trick you up. But to your point, the reason this one used to be bigger is because you know, a lot of the other tours and even the own European tour weren't basically suffocating the golfing calendar. So normally this time of the year, there'll be, you know, there would be a quite a good contingent. Although, the, you know, we've, we did a bit of a look through the, the sit list of people that are playing and there is actually still a really really good contingent of top-line players, Rory. Well, let, let's talk, let's yeah. run through the top-line players. We've got Rory, we've got uh, Fitzmagic, we've got Billy, Billy uh, the town crier, Horshaw, uh, Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Taylor Gooch, Tommy Peters, and Ryan Fox. They're the top 50 OWGR as of Monday the 12th of September. Um, it's pretty good for this pretty, event this time of the year. Yeah, it is, yep. Uh, but interestingly, we've got a absolute uh, two handfuls of Aussies playing. Um which has got to be great. You know, I saw um, Louis Dobler across there with um, uh, the guys. Uh, Dave Michaluzzi, Peninsula Kingswood's very own Dave Michaluzzi, getting a start. Nathan Barbieri, uh, Josh Armstrong. I don't know too much about Josh Armstrong. Um, speaking of caddy snacks, can you show us your uh, caddy snacks top again? Uh, there won't be a YouTube for this, people. But I'm sorry because I didn't press record on the video, but there will be. Oh. Uh, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, you've got your caddy snacks uh Hoodie on. Uh, Austin Batista is probably the OG Caddy Snack sponsored uh, ambassador playing at the uh, Lynx Trophy this week. Uh, Aaron Pike, uh, I saw oh, it. Oh, oh, I know his name might be Austin. I'm just going to call him Dave. Dave Batista after the wrestler. <laughs> uh, Aaron Pike, I um, shared a fairway with Aaron Pike in Sydney at Bonnie Doon the other week. Uh, I think I hit it wide. Maybe he hit it wide. Right? We walked down the fairway past each other. One of us was on the wrong fairway. I can't remember if it was me it's or crossing him. Crossing the streams. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's not hard to do it uh, at um, Bonnie Doon. but uh, anyway, no, it's not. He, uh, Aaron Pike does hit it a long way. Uh, Blake Windred and Jed Morgan, of course. So that's going to be interesting to see the Aussies perform over those three courses. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much links golf of that standard that uh, those gents have played, but um, Jordan Zunich, uh, Jordan Zunich uh, does a bit of part-time work in his uh, downtime at uh, one of the drummer golf outlets in Sydney. Uh, there you go. And once again, a great golfer. Um, uh, we've also got um, the Big O. The Big O's joining the – and Scott Hend. We've got Hendy, of course. He's you know, still – I wonder if he's going to find his his golf clubs. Uh, Hendy. And look at this. There we go. Can, can any man lose his golf clubs more? 
I knew that we were talking about Peninsula Kings for a reason and that it should be represented up in lights. And Jeff Ogilvie on the tournament entry list for the DP World Tour uh, Dunhill Links Trophy, professional tournament invitations, number one, Jeff Ogilvie, Peninsula Kingswood Country Golf Club. There you go. Um, represent. Well, the other boys, the Aussie, other Aussie boys don't have their uh, courses on there, but there you go. Um, these guys do. Eddie Pepperell. Frilford Heath. You know much about Frilford, Frilford Heath? No. Nah. Maybe they're like sponsors. Maybe they're, they're class of sponsors or something like that. I don't know. Because some do and some don't. Maybe some don't have a golf club. Uh, Xander Lombard, Royal Joburg and Kensington GC. Uh, Laird Shepherd, Fairmont St Andrews. There you go. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, watching that, but I'm more so looking forward to see those Aussie boys get quality golf tournament um, experience under their belt, especially some of those younger guys. They deserve it. Uh, it'll be good. Hmm. It'll be good. Uh, Dave Michaluzzi still says Cranbourne Golf Club. Dave, come on. You're down the bloody practice fairway and you want at Peninsula Kingswood every day. Um, anyway, good young fellow, Dave. Don't know him that well, but he's a good, very good golfer. He, he's like shot 12 under at Peninsula Kingswood off the back. No problems. No problems. Uh, there you go. Um, Rocket, what else? What else, are we, what else are we wrapping up with? Um, I don't think I have a lot else because – a lot of the other stuff that I probably want to talk about, it's just me having a whinge fest. And I don't want the first one, first episode back after five weeks being me having a good old whinge and, you know, I've got a smile. Good. So uh, can't, can't see it on the on the YouTube video, but maybe it's coming through on my voice. No, it, it definitely is. Uh, there's a, The positivity level is uh, and energy is uh, is amplified. So, But what that does mean is they're prob- we're probably not going to talk about Greg Norman. We're not going to talk about no. Liv. We're not going to talk about no. Bryson. No. Uh, we're not going to talk about Patrick who pulled out of the links. Uh, oh, actually, the links. I will say one thing about Bryson. Yes. I just continue to watch his videos and he's still a flog. <laughs> okay. So we are going to talk about Bryson. Uh, we're not going to talk about anything else to do with uh, – live um and the no. disruption that it causes in no. your world of golf oh i know it's because this year well actually do you know the only other thing that i'm really excited about from a golf perspective in those seasons over is and i don't know when it's probably going to be one of those things where it's the start of 2023 when it comes out but the the netflix series when that comes out i think that's going to be electric is there any sort of goss on how that's shaping up no no but if you think about over the course of the year, and you think about the players that were being followed, um, it's gonna, it's gonna rate its bum off. It really is, and and especially the last the last two months of what was the scheduled filming, you couldn't have scripted it any better. But, you know, as I said, I think I said it on one of the episodes a while back. I said the producers and people at Netflix must have been just going, oh, my goodness. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh, Monty Burns, mm, excellent. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that, but it's I reckon they would have so much footage and it's I don't think we're going to see that until probably February. Maybe it's the start of the start of the, the, the we'll call it the PGA Tour year, really, when it kicks off in anger. And I reckon they'd be wanting to try and bring that out before the majors. Um, so I reckon they're just, you know, lots of guys clickety-clack on the keyboards and beavering away editing. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. But, yeah, all the other stuff, you know, as we talked about the energy, I think there was so much golf this year, so many things going on. Um, and, you know, as a collective, you know, like, everything that you've been doing this year, everything that Mike's been doing um, has been, uh, I think it's consumed a lot of us. And then, and maybe I've even with, with our move personally for me, move and some of my work stuff, I think I underestimated the amount of energy that would take out of me (laughs) over the course of a year. Oh, no, Rocket, you, you, you're not wrong. You know, like, you know, sort of digressing a little bit, but, 100% 100% correct in terms of the energy and what's happened during this year. I know since coming back from Scotland, like a bit of post hole, a bit of. Oh, I forget. Yeah, Scotland, right? And you were jam packing it. Like, mm. as well, much as that was a holiday, you were still doing a lot of stuff where it was. 
that, that that was all that was all great. That was wasn't you know wasn't hard. It was enjoyable. It was fun. But just coming back and you know I realised how much of a high I was on. A after not having been there for a few years. B the experiences. Um and just the whole the whole time with with Alex and and the fa- and her family and um and just the golf and everything that it just all went really well. But coming back you know into the Melbourne winter it was the, I, I actually felt on a little bit of a downer. Seems to be ramping back up now. I've, speaking about clickety clack on the uh, the keyboard you know that editing process if if someone wants to do me a favor if you're listening to this and you've listened this far just go to the drum and golf youtube channel don't worry about our youtube channel because this this week because there isn't any because i didn't press record uh, i've been pressing record buttons for days weeks straight but editing video is hard for an old yep. bloke like me and uh, i've just put out two videos today one longer one a 15 minute one and one short one on a couple of products if you just want to do an old fella a favor, just go over there and just hit like. Don't comment. Don't say, I'm here because Ross sent me. Just hit Watch like. the stream and like. Just like. Watch it like and like. Watch like. That would um, that would help me uh, a lot. If nothing else, it would make me smile. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying, Rocket. It's been and, – and, you know, like the thing is this outpouring of you – know, talking about the Queen for a second, everyone was very emotional about that. Especially, you know, those of us with that sort of UK connection, very, very emotional, and and the whole world and the country over there, and I think it was this compounding of post COVID, post lockdowns, post everything, it just amplified that, and that's not taking anything away from the Queen. It was, a, you know, she was the Queen. Of course, we're going to get upset when we lose our Queen, um, but I just think the world's, you know, emotion was heightened as a result of everything that we've just talked about. Um, 2022 has been really testing for everyone. Hmm. Although I want to say, and, and I know he's not here, but Magic Mike's efforts in 2022 on everything, the Data Lake, the Discord channel, um, trying to keep you and I on track um, has been nothing short of absolutely spectacular. And, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think either of us could have, given the year any justice if it wasn't for him. No, absolutely. Yeah, Mike's a legend and he's um, laid up with a bit of a sore back and, you know, just needed to um, get Oh, on. he needs to get the thera- – is, is a doc over there with a Theragun <laughs> and, the, and the bags of Nurofen helping him out, is he? You know, getting the thumbs in as well. Oh, uh, dear. Come on, doc. The uh, help, help help Mike out. You need to keep him fit for, you know – what are we? We're in September. It was six months to peak Karidi week. One of the many highlights of peak Karidi week, uh, listening to those two boys, they're gunning each other <laughs> from the other side of the hallway. How funny is that? Every morning. That was so good. Do you know what? Do you know what? From a golfing perspective, that those three days with with um, yourself and those two men was it was a highlight. Uh, it's absolute highlight of my year, and I, I think back, and I reckon I, there's not too many moments I don't remember because I, I just wanted to take in absolutely everything because I think that was, yeah, from a golfing trip perspective, like that's that was that was just magic, and I'm literally cannot wait to next year. Uh, well, I think by the sounds of uh, a few of the motionings coming through, that uh, the Pilatus PC12 uh, eight seater might have to be fully engaged. Um, I know that's going to be a hard one to get past Mike, but yeah, we'll see. Anyway, because I know there's a few people that are keen. Anyway, Rocket, I think we might leave it on that. We've uh, rambled on. Um, oh, sorry. We will. Um, one la- oh, one yes. last yes, thing. Yes. Um, just a little shout out to to a colleague. Yes. Um, and, and a new listener, and um, and she's and she's also she? new to podcasting world. Um, with it, her uh, own podcast. Oh yes. And it's a, a cyber one called Dark Mode. So. Shout out to my colleague, um, Gabe Marzano. Uh, thank you for being a new subscriber, new listener. And uh, I encourage anyone out there who needs a bit of cyber education to go and look up Dark Mode and look up um, Gabe and uh, Ben Sullivan's great work that they have been doing over there only in a very short period of time. But some of the people they're interviewing on there is absolutely spectacular. So shout out to Gabe and uh, the team over there at Dark Mode. Do uh, current events just lead straight into giving them months worth of endless uh, content to talk about? Uh, in, uh, no. Oh, really? Okay. No? No. The, like in Australia, the stuff that happened 
most recently, you know, in my world, it happens a little bit more often than people think. Okay. Let's not let's not propagate that then. Um, Rocket, thanks for joining us, uh, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, just a bit of a general chat that uh, tended to go on for probably forty five minutes longer than we planned, but uh, as always, that's what we do. And uh, if you have listened this far, we appreciate every minute of your listening ears. Until next week, uh, we'll, well, as I said, not sure what exactly next week will look like, but there will look like something. Maybe you two guys might have to go rocket and and magic back on because that that yep. that that bojo does work. Drop me out of it. I don't need to be there. Um, <laughs> until next time, we'll see you on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.